0: What's going on, everyone, and welcome into another edition of Be Shave Daily. It's been a minute. We haven't spoken since the end of the Cardinals' season after they fell to the Los Angeles Dodgers. But boy, do we have something to talk about now as the Cardinals shocked the world on Thursday afternoon, announcing that they have fired Mike Schilt as the manager of the team. Welcome into the podcast. I knew that there was going to have to be an episode to discuss the Mike Schilt news because this came out of left field, came out of nowhere. Nobody that I've spoken to anticipated this. Everybody was taken off guard and there is deserved scrutiny about the way the Cardinals did it. There are legitimate questions about the why. John Mozeliak did not get into it very deeply at all during the press conference. It was kind of a sham. It was short notice. I was at a high school doing substitute teaching during the day, as I do a lot in the off season. A lot of the people on the Zoom, the reporters, were in their cars because it was literally, I'd have to go back and look at the time I got the text to announce the 145 press conference. People may not care about this, but it's just, I think it, it goes into outlining a little bit further just the, the helter-skelter nature of this ordeal on Thursday afternoon. And we can get into the merits of Mike Schilt as the Cardinals manager. Listen, I, I'm i old enough to remember back in June, July, people on Twitter, social media especially, were calling for Mike Schilt to be fired because they didn't like the, the way things were going. Understandably, the, the team was underperforming. But at the time, I would have said, look, Mike Schultz." and I did say, we we did B-shaped dailies that month, and I said, listen, I think that Mike Schilt's doing what he can with the roster he's been given. They've got injuries, sure, injuries that maybe the front office didn't anticipate. We talked about how they should have, and they didn't do a good enough job of doing that early in the season. And then they added some pitching over the course of the summer, and and that was helpful in getting the team into the postseason, and obviously the 17-game winning streak helped to facilitate that. But from what I saw of his managing on the field guidance in the clubhouse, I didn't think there was any way that Mike Schilt's job was in danger. And again, I remember social media reading a lot of tweets at times, and this this has been the case all throughout Matheny's tenure, throughout Mike Schultz's tenure even when he was winning manager of the year in 2019 people were calling for his head that's social media that's what it is so i dismiss a lot of that i see that and i it goes in one ear out the other through one eye out the other i ignore it it doesn't mean anything to me it, I, no offense to you guys but that's just the way I, you wouldn't i get a lot of sh- i get a lot of stuff <laughs> uh, i'll say stuff i get a lot of stuff in my mentions on Twitter where at some point I just have to, I I do read it all, but I have to kind of say, okay, not going to respond to this one because I have a difference of opinion with this person. No, I didn't think Mike Schilt would be uh, potentially dismissed at the end of the season, even when it looked like they weren't going to make the playoffs. I just didn't think that was going to be on the radar. And then the 17 game win streak happens. And even the most ardent Mike Schilt detractors, didn't see this coming. They'll say on Twitter that they saw this coming now and they're happy about it. Whatever. Nobody saw this coming. Not after the Cardinals had a magical September to get into the postseason. Yes, they lost the wild card game. Yes, you can talk about Alex Reyes and Mike Schultz going to him in that spot when Gallegos was no longer available. He hurt a finger or something and he wasn't able to continue. And TJ McFarlane goes into the game. They, I would have stuck with McFarland in that spot. Okay, whatever. The Cardinals scored one run, and it came on a wild pitch in the first inning. The offense became the thing that it was for five months that we hated. Inconsistent, capable of those bad games. And they had it on a night against Max Scherzer in a Dodgers bullpen that's continuing now into the NLCS to take on the Braves. They're a really good team. they are They won the World Series for a reason last year, and they're Very darn well going to do it again this year. The Cardinals got beat by a better team. I don't look at Mike Schultz to go Alex Reyes in that spot and say that's why they lost the game. I don't look at Mike Schultz. I'm going to talk about a couple of the decisions because there are people out there who would say, you know, we got to get into the nitty-gritty on why the Cardinals fired Mike Schultz. And I'm going to do my best to speculate because they didn't give us any reasons. So when John Moselak does what he does on Zoom yesterday and refuses to go into any reasons... He invites that speculation, so I'm going to give it to him. You know, I try to be I try to be careful with with going down that road because I want to be respectful of the humans and the people that are involved in these jobs, and they've got tough jobs to do, and I want to recognize that, and I want to be fair at all times. Sometimes Cardinals fans might think that's to the detriment; they they make comments about the Homer media and this or that. But in this case, th- this is why they have Zoom press conferences. This is why they give you the opportunity to ask questions. I didn't get to ask any questions yesterday because, as I mentioned, I was substitute teaching. I did have to tell the high school class that I was in, hey guys, you're going to have to forgive me, but I got to pull this up on the Zoom. I got to listen to this and I got to write some stories. But I didn't ask any questions. But in general, that's why the opportunity is there to ask the questions, to get into the mindset so that as reporters, as media, we can do our job better to discuss and disseminate what the Cardinals are, you know, it's our role to, okay, here's what the Cardinals said about why they made this decision, and then we can editorialize or we can inject some opinion and we can say, here's our thoughts on that. But the Cardinals didn't give any legitimate, genuine reasoning for the dismissal on Thursday. They hid behind philosophical differences as a phrase which is their right. They can do that if they want, but if they're going to go that route, they should expect some blowback and it opens opens the door for rampant speculation. It may not be anything serious. There may be no smoking gun. There probably isn't anything egregious that took place. But when you don't give any insight into what what that was and they they did the zoom yesterday knowing full well what would come. They're not dumb. But I just want to make clear that when you take that approach and you go more tight-lipped than you ever have, and the Cardinals have always been a tight-lipped organization from the front office, keeping things close to the vest, not wanting to air, whether you call it dirty laundry or whatever, in public, that's always been their approach. But this was a different level. And when you take to that level, following such a baffling on-the-surface decision to fire a manager who had only made the postseason three years full-time as the manager, three postseason appearances, one in the NLCS in 19 when he was the NL manager of the year, had 2020 take place with the COVID disaster that the Cardinals went through, guided that team to the postseason as well. And then this year, you know, a lot of the troubles that they had throughout the course of the season on the pitching side and the hitting was atrocious for a long long time and then they turned it around in the second half for the most part the the front office found some pitchers off the scrap heap to come in and do a, a serviceable enough job to propel this team to the winning streak in September to get into the playoffs like to me the reason this team was bad the first half of 2021 was not Mike Schilt I would put that more on the front office but the front office has the autonomy clearly to make these decisions and Bill DeWitt has unending trust in John Mozeliak, fair or unfair. That's just the reality. As I've said many times, John Mozeliak will cease to be the president of baseball operations of the St. Louis Cardinals when John Mozeliak decides he no longer wants to be the president of baseball operations of the St. Louis Cardinals. That's it. He doesn't get fired. He has too much cachet. That doesn't ever happen. So the Fire Mo clan, get out of here. I mean, I understand it. If you don't like the guy, that's fine. You're, you're welcome to that opinion. I'm just saying from a reality standpoint, that's not going to happen. And now, yeah, I do have to go Mia culpa. Like I said, I didn't anticipate the Schilt firing. And so for those of you that I dismissed on social media when you would say fire Schilt, evidently the organization agreed with you. But what I think is really interesting and what we're going to have to dive into here, and I know this is a little bit, as I'm talking here, this is stream of consciousness. I'm picking up a microphone. I've had a data process, but I'm just speaking and giving you my thoughts, and hopefully you find it of value. And if there's things that I forget to say, that I it's like I tease something and then I go into a tangent, I know I'm probably a, a nightmare to listen to. But if there's something you want, uh, my thoughts on this situation that I don't give in this podcast, send me a DM at bshafer12 on Twitter. I want to be the guy that is accessible and, and can answer good faith questions. I did tell somebody on Twitter today, I'm not going to engage with you because you're not engaging in good faith. And so I don't want to... Life's too short to get into arguments on Twitter about this. I'm not. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to have genuine, good discussions with people that I can tell are willing to have those discussions and not just attack uh, the the role that that I'm I'm trying to fill here. But if I don't say something that you think needed need to have been said, at B. 12 on Twitter, my DMs have always been open uh, throughout the course of my doing this job. So hit me up. I really don't mind it, and I will try like hell to get to you. But let's get into it. Let's get into the decision, and then we're going to get into potential candidates to replace Mike Shilt. But what I want to do first, before I launch into this, and I'll try to come up with some of the quotes from this Zoom, I'm going to just give you the audio of how the Zoom began yesterday. Again, I described that at about 1.30, I'm going to try to look it up and find the text from the Cardinals to give you the most accurate information that I can muster. About when we were notified and when this was happening 1.37 p.m. I got a text from the Cardinals that at 1.45 there would be a Zoom That's crazy man I get it And uh, I should say 1.33 the Zoom link arrived But they didn't say at that point what time the Zoom would be At that point it said 1.30 And 1.30 had already passed So this was last minute and say what you will. That say you care about that. You don't care about that. I'm just giving you the facts of what it was. It was kind of helter skelter. I everybody goes into scramble mode. And it's like, well, let's get on. Uh, let's get on a Zoom because the news had dropped. Jeff Passon, I, I heard him talking to Bernie Miklas on 590 The Fan yesterday, and he said he first heard of the possibility the previous night, Wednesday night that Mike Schilt would potentially be out as Cardinals manager and did his due diligence and then reported it just shortly before the shortly before it was announced by the team yesterday afternoon, Thursday afternoon. Rob reigns I do believe, reported it first. So credit to Rob for, for getting that out there first. But shortly after the Zoom came, and I'm going to play for you the beginning. It's Bill DeWitt, and you don't hear much from Bill DeWitt during this press conference. He was there the entire time. There was opportunities to ask questions of him and and some did but John Moselak you can just hear it in the beginning of this is who was carrying the load yesterday which I think again makes a lot of sense given what I think was the driving force behind this decision so I'm going to play for you just the beginning snippet of the zoom where Moselak announced the decision and I'm going to get into a little bit more after that
1: well thank you all for being on here Uh, on short notice we have a significant announcement that uh Mo will make and uh, discuss. So I'll turn it back to you, Mo. Yeah, thank you, and uh, yeah, I thank you all as well. Uh, I know this is short notice, but you know, after after a successful 2021 season, and it just ended a little over a week ago, we have determined that we have, determined that we have a philosophical difference in the direction that our major league club is going. We feel like at this time, that it is best for us to end our partnership with Mike Schilt. So I, not- I notified him earlier today that um, he has been dismissed of his duties.
0: So that's what it sounded like when the Cardinals announced they were no longer employing Mike Schilt as the manager of the team. They were done with Mike Schilt, hired by the organization, by John Mozeliak, he said. He offered him a job on Christmas Eve 2003 and from 2004 on, Mike Schul was a loyal member to the organization, and you heard right there, that's how they announced that he was no longer part of the St. Louis Cardinals. And it looked like a hostage situation, really. John Moselak was reading. I mean, his eyes were not on the camera in that moment, just for context. And you could kind of hear it in his voice, just a little clunky, just like the Zoom. He was reading this uh, statement off of uh, a paper or whatever in front of him just to get the, the news out there, clear as can be, use the word dismissal, dismissed of his duties. It, it's a shocker. It really is to me. And like I said, to everybody that I've spoken with. And so what took place after that was the opportunity for reporters to ask Moselak, what the hell just happened, and, and to phrase it a little bit more cogently than I just did. But he basically had the same answer each time. I'll try to pull a couple of the clips, and I'm just going to play some of his answers back-to-back. They all kind of sound the same, but want to give you an idea. Like, the first question was, you know, WTF, mate, and he talks about philosophical differences. And then I think it was Katie that asked, what, what, what about philosophical differences? Can you describe that? No, not really. Another question, hey, those philosophical differences, can you give us a little more? No, I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to do. I'm. I can paraphrase it that way, and then I can let you listen to it. So that's what I'm going to do. Here's a few clips in a row of John Mosellock answering questions about the explanation for the firing of Mike Schilt.
1: So can you describe the nature of the philosophical differences the organization had with Mike at this time? Not really. Um, all I can say is 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 that uh, you know where we felt the team was going, um, we were struggling to get on the same page, and. And, you know, ultimately uh, with him having one year remaining left on his contract, we could have certainly gone into uh, 2022 with with him um, having that over him and we just decided internally that it would just be best to um, to separate now and then um, take a fresh look as we enter the new season. Well, I was wondering if you could expand on some of the philosophical differences between the two uh, the two parties. Not really. Um, as I, as I said, uh, you know, there's reasons behind why we do that, and you know, what direction we're trying to go with is is something that you know we tend to keep private anyway. Um, but just the overall health of this club, we feel very optimistic as we look at 2022, and just felt like the leadership downstairs um, needed to be on the same page. A lot of the times these types of decisions aren't solely based on on just the season or 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 specifically more more to the point it's it's directionally where we want to go. And so, um, you know, these decisions are, are, are never easy. Um, but you know, ultimately, we feel like this is something we had to do.
0: I guess my question is, if in regards to the term philosophical, I mean, can you explain what i'm missing here where if you're the boss of somebody and you have a
1: philosophy why can't you just tell him to do that philosophy i know that's a very basic thing but can you respond to that mo uh sure um i can tell you to like jump out of your car right now and you may choose not to um you know it's like you know people can think on their own people can make decisions on their own and you know a lot of this is about you know creating autonomy but there are certain things that we would like to see done and, you know, ultimately uh, really touching on more of Derek's point of of the continuity of thinking is it is evolving. It does change over time, but ultimately we just felt we were at a place where we weren't going to have a meeting of the mind.
0: I mean, some of those things that you're talking about, there sound more like player development, which of course, the big league manager doesn't handle. Um, and when you talk about philosophical differences, it, like you understand why we're curious about this, right? If, if you're citing that as the reason for firing him after a playoff season, after a 17-game winning streak, uh, the details there do seem to make make a bit of difference, do they not? Again, I'm, I'm,
1: I'm here to protect employees. I'm here to protect him. Um, you know, if he wants to discuss those with you, that's his choice. That's
0: not mine. So it's a lot of words without a whole lot of substance, in my opinion, because the Cardinals clearly don't want to get into it. Now, there were other questions that were asked. It was a nearly 30 minute Zoom press conference, but those were kind of the questions and answers that you heard regarding philosophical differences and just trying to pry into a little bit of what the heck happened here. Like, why did the Cardinals feel the need? to go this direction. I want to play a question and answer. Uh, Jim, the cat Hayes asked this one again, trying to dig a little bit deeper into, uh, clearly a, uh, outward facade that the Cardinals are not interested in giving much info. The question was asked by the cat. How long has this been brewing sort of thing? And I think the answer to that was a little bit more instructive and we can start to maybe try to piece together again. It's all going to be speculation because they didn't want to say, so we're going to have to put on our thinking caps a little bit and try to come up with a logical explanation for when and how all this developed. But I think the, the question by the cat garnered an answer that that gave us a little bit of a glimpse into perhaps where this could have come from. Mo, understanding that you don't want to um, discuss what the philosophical differences are, I was wondering if you could just give us some context. for these differences that uh, became... INCREASING OVER RECENT TIME OR IS THIS SORT OF ONGOING DIFFERENCES WITHOUT SAYING WHAT THEY ARE? WAS THIS SOMETHING THAT CAME UP LATER OR HAS IT BEEN SORT OF GOING ON FOR SOME TIME?
1: YEAH, CANDIDLY, IT'S BEEN SOMETHING THAT JUST POPPED UP RECENTLY. AND, and SO, YOU KNOW, ULTIMATELY, AS I STATED, I MEAN, YOU CERTAINLY CAN ALWAYS GO INTO NEXT YEAR WITH, with a, a MANAGER on, ON A ONE-YEAR DEAL. AND, YOU KNOW, SOMETIMES THAT WORKS, SOMETIMES IT DOESN'T. but given given all the, the sort of directional parts that we're trying to pull together, it just made more sense for us to, to cut ties down.
0: So that's interesting, right? He says, candidly, it's been something that just popped up recently. And so when everybody was trying to fire Mike Shield in June, in July, the Cardinals weren't thinking of doing that. That's what that says to me from John Mosalek. Again, you can take him at his word, you can say he's lying, whatever you want, but I don't think in that moment he's got any reason to deny if it's been something that had been brewing the entire season. I can remember an off the record chat that John Mozalek held in the press box during the season with the media who happened to be there. And he was up there for quite a while. And there was no indication. Again, this was an off the record conversation. There was no indication from him that Mike Schilt was on the radar, right? That I don't think it was something they were thinking about back then. Again, Again, I think any fan has the right to approach this with a healthy dose of skepticism because it is a weird situation. And so if your speculation is that they were going to fire him all along, whatever, that's fine. I don't think that's what the, the case was. I That's not my read. And that's not what John Mazalak said yesterday. And so knowing that it's something that popped up recently, we know that it's been reported that the, they had their organizational end-of-season meetings late last week. And so you figure those meetings must not have been very productive. That must have been where a lot of this friction was 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 noticed and apparent and it developed. Now exactly why that friction came to be, it's hard to it's hard to say. There are a lot of potential reasons and we'd be just throwing darts blindly to try to figure out exactly what happened and where those differences came to be. Ben Fredrickson wrote a a good column, great column, actually, in the aftermath of all this for STL today, where he mentioned the Jeff Albert angle. And the Jeff Albert angle he asked about, I believe it was him that asked the question in the presser. I'll try and find it, because I think there was one little nugget, perhaps to me the most instructive and interesting part of the entire Zoom, came from Moselock's answer to this question. If you're somebody from the outside looking in trying to figure out exactly why the Cardinals went this route. And maybe you're not. I've seen enough people on Twitter that said, oh no, I I know why, because Mike Schultz sucks and he's a bad manager. And Mo's bad too, and they should fire him. Okay, great. That, that Thanks for the insight. But I think for the rest of us that approach it from a little bit more of a analytical standpoint and trying to understand all sides of an issue, this was an, an answer that I think was interesting. Because, as we know, criticism of Jeff Albert throughout the season was rampant and based on the way the offense was performing it wasn't necessarily wrong and my expectation honestly would have been if anything would have changed with the coaching staff it wouldn't have been Jeff Albert being fired it would have been Jeff Albert maybe being reassigned to a different role where he can take maybe become a bridge from the front office's viewpoints on hitting organizationally and be able to be that bridge to the field staff but perhaps it would be a former player that has the official title as the hitting coach where they can work in tandem a guy who's on board with analytics but has that ability to relate to the players maybe that Jeff Albert not being a former MLB player maybe that he doesn't have and that they could have worked in tandem And given Albert almost in name, in title, you could have foresaw him getting a promotion, right? You could have said he's the hitting czar, the overall coordinator of all things hitting. Like, they could have given him a fancy title, had him maybe not be directly the quote-unquote hitting coach, and that could have worked. That was something that I could have seen happening. But, maybe the philosophical differences between what the organization was wanting from a hitting perspective and what Mike Schilt thought should take place. And you could you could say, well, was it Mike Schilt's refusal to, to play the players that the front office provided, like the young guys that would be stashed away on the bench and maybe they wouldn't get enough opportunity and veterans would play more instead. Like a lot of people complained about the Matt Carpenter playing time, which he didn't get a lot of over the final couple months of the season. And so perhaps Schilt adjusted in that way and said and realized, you know, Carpenter's role is just going to have to be what it is. We got to play some of these other guys, but maybe that's part of it. Maybe in their meetings, they had a difference of opinion on the way the roster should be utilized moving forward. Perhaps it was a matter of philosophy, as they said, philosophical differences on just the approach to offense or the approach to, to managing, you know, that could have been part of this as well. But I think the Jeff Albert name is so interesting because he was such a high profile hire because of what the Cardinals had planned for him when they brought him in to be the guy that oversaw an overhaul of the organizational approach to hitting top 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 to bottom that was the plan and so when that's not necessarily working at the major league level that as i've mentioned on previous podcasts that's not necessarily an indication from the Cardinals that they're not happy with Jeff Albert's performance i think Jeff Albert was the guy they wanted and the guy they got and so when you when you kind of put on those colored glasses to recognize that, okay, if Jeff Albert is in like Flynn with the front office and that's, he represents what they're trying to do. If somebody flies in opposition to that, you could envision where there could be some friction there. I'm not saying, I'm not reporting that I personally saw this friction. We didn't see much of anything, right? Because we weren't in the clubhouse this year. And so there just wasn't that opportunity to have as much of a hands-on. And so, I'm just coming to you trying to build the case from what we do know and what's been reported to kind of piece together to say, is this possible? I certainly think it's possible. And Ben Fredrickson uh, certainly has done more reporting than me on this issue because you've seen in his columns and the, the questions that he asked Moselak yesterday, that was relevant to me. And so I want to play for you that if I can find it and the question that he asked, and what John Moselak answered. I think it was interesting. It wasn't a particularly long answer, but if you're trying to glean something from this presser, I think this is worth taking a look at.
1: Well, is, is Jeff Albert going to be back as the hitting coach? And 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 I guess to ask bluntly, was was the tension between him and Schultz at times part of the reason that led to this? Um, as of right now, Jeff, Jeff Albert is under contract, so I would expect him to be back. And in terms
0: of uh, that being the
1: sole reason for this decision, the answer is no.
0: So I think that part at the very end was the most interesting. Was it the sole reason for the decision? No, it wasn't the sole reason. Guys, come on, that's not the story here. But I think that certainly you could envision that it played a part. And I think that this signal of Jeff Albert is our guy. We trust what he's going to do from a hitting perspective. We've invested in him, and we anticipate this being a long-haul relationship. And what he said about the rest of the coaching staff, he said he anticipates them being back. There's some hurdles to get through contract-wise with some guys, but it sounds like the majority, if not all, of the coaching staff would return. And so I want to flip the page a little bit now into discussing off of that what the next manager could look like. There are some candidates that have come up and that have been discussed already that I think makes some sense, some that I don't think makes sense. But I think if you consider that, like, like, take a walk with me here. If the Cardinals are looking to bring back their coaching staff, to me, that suggests you're not going to be hiring a manager with significant big league managing experience. Asked on Twitter, who do you want the guy to be? I've seen some Bruce Bochy. I've seen some names that are well-known in, In managing circles, they've been managers before. I don't think you could come out and say, we're going to keep the majority, if not all, of our staff intact if you were going to look in that direction for a manager. Because a manager that has that kind of cachet is going to want to bring in his own staff. And I don't think the Cardinals are looking for that kind of splash hire, a manager that could come in with all these opinions that he's built up over the course of decades or years of managing And then is going to have potential conflicts with the front office. like They thought Mike Schilt was going to be the guy that could just go along with what they intended and implement it. Mike Schilt evidently was not that guy. They found that out in their meetings last week. And they said, oh boy, we got to make a move. Like They didn't anticipate, I don't think, going into those meetings that they were going to have an issue. But whatever issue with the, the philosophies and the direction that they wanted to take the team versus where Mike Schilt believed the team should go whatever those were they said oh these are irreconcilable we can't we, we we don't need to continue with this because he's not going to fit the plan that we have the 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 plan that we want to in, implement and so that was it and so under that logic i don't think you're going to go find a, a guy who's been a manager before people say oh they've tried this with Mike Matheny and then Mike Schultz guys that don't have big league experience and then they've had to move on i don't i don't think that their answer to that is going to be a guy that does have experience. I think it's going to be a guy that doesn't have experience and is going to listen to what we tell him. That's what I think. I mean, if you're talking about philosophical differences, are you going to go out and hire a guy who comes in with his own philosophy to be the guy? No, I don't think that's the case. I think, and people would say, oh, they're looking for a puppet. I don't think that's quite fair, but I think the genesis behind the way you feel about that isn't all too far off because I do think the organization is looking for a manager. And again, you could use the term. Yes, man, I wouldn't use that term, but I think that they're looking for a guy that's going to implement a plan that they already have in place. They have a great idea of where they want to go and they want to install the individual that can bring that vision to life. They're not looking for a guy that's going to come in with his own vision and and take control of things from that perspective. This is this is an organization that they want run from the top down, and Mosaylock is the top. He is the tippy top. Bill DeWitt doesn't even have say-so over this because he trusts Mosaylock implicitly to deploy the strategy that Mosaylock wants to deploy and to hire the guys that Mosaylock wants to hire. This is Mo's show, and they're trying to find a guy, in my opinion, that's going to bring to life the plan and execute the plan that John Lozaloc has for the St. Louis Cardinals and that John Lozaloc's front office, the guys underneath in the analytics department, the, all of it. I think that's the direction they're going to go with this managerial hire. And so from that perspective, you could say, all right, if you're confident, you're going to bring back the majority of the staff. It could stand to reason that one of the guys on that staff is going to be hired as the next manager. Now, Ali Marmal. Stubby Clap, I think, are the two most likely candidates internally. Diving into my opinion, again, this is not my opinion on what they should do. I don't really have that. I'm not that guy. I want to analyze and diagnose what they might be thinking. I think that if you're just looking at the internal candidates, Stubby Clap might make more sense to the Cardinals than Ali Marmol. Because Stubby Clap, organizational guy, in sync with the front office, not that Ali Marmol isn't, but Ali Marmol was brought in as Mike Schilt's bench coach. That's his right-hand man. That's not to say that Ali Marmol is not a brilliant baseball man and that he's, I think he's going to be a major league manager someday. I don't know, based on the parameters of what we're talking about here, unless, again, that's not to say that Mike Schilt and Stubby Clapp had discord and they didn't agree with one another. That's not to say that, Ali Marmol is just so in Mike Schilt's pocket that he couldn't possibly pivot to adapt what the organization would like to see from the manager and fill that role brilliantly. That's not what I'm, don't hear what I'm not saying. Like Mike Schilt and Mike Matheny, I think there's mutual respect there, but you remember Mike Schilt was brought in by the organization, by the front office to be part of his coaching staff at the big league level when things weren't going well. He was installed in that regard after working his way through the minors. That doesn't mean that Matheny and Schultz didn't get along. It just means that I don't. I wouldn't say that Mike Schult was his guy. He wasn't Matheny's guy. And so, I would probably use the phrase that Ali Marmol is 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 Mike Shult's guy. And so, that that doesn't necessarily have to be a black mark upon Ali Marmol. I think the the organization would love to retain him, and I think they like him a lot. But if they were looking to have a little bit of a difference in direction, I think Stubby Clapp might represent that a little bit more than Marmol from an internal perspective. I could be wrong about that. I think either would make fine managerial candidates for the Cardinals. I think either would do a fine job. But if I'm trying to read the tea leaves on where I expect them to go, I would lean Stubby over Ollie, And they could end up hiring Ollie, and they could explain You know, the question could get asked like, hey, this is Mike Schultz, bench coach. You didn't like his philosophies. What makes Ollie different? And they might have a great answer for that. And within the context of one sentence, they could sum it up and I could change my mind and say, oh, okay, that makes sense. Here's what they're seeing. But we didn't get that with the presser yesterday because they weren't willing to give those explanations. And so there was no moment from yesterday that I could say, oh, I get what they're seeing. This is what they want to do because they didn't tell us. And so until we get a little bit more information it's kind of hard to square the circle from that perspective, but when I'm talking about the future manager, hopefully what I'm saying makes sense. Where if you've got a guy on Mike Schilt's staff, Stubby Clapp, it doesn't mean that he was, you know, at odds with with Mike Schilt. And now the organization wants Stubby Clapp because he was at odds with the guy that they didn't like anymore. That's I don't think that has to to be the case. There's more gray area. There's there's you might like a guy, love a guy, have respect for a guy on your staff, but you might also be able to see in that individual his ability to take things in a different direction. Ali Marmal may have the same thing. I think both are solid internal candidates. If the Cardinals want to go external, it's a little trickier because of their apparent belief that the staff is going to remain the same. That could have just been total smoke from yesterday and they're going to have a total overhaul. We don't know. But from what they said, if I'm taking that at, at the at the word of John Moselock, that they expect most of the staff, if not all of the staff, to return, then I'm looking at possible external candidates as being guys that the front office believes they can trust to install, to kind of step into a, a working organism that's already working in, in a positive direction with good continuity. They talked about continuity as well yesterday. I'm not going to play those clips because we're already 37 minutes in. And I've got to get going on some other stuff today. But if that's the way they look at it from a continuity perspective and they want to bring in somebody that can just kind of be absorbed into that but can be the voice, can be the leader of that coaching staff without wanting to put his fingerprints and say, no, no, i got to bring my guy from over here. I've got to have this as my bench coach. I've got to do this or that. That can kind of minimize the potential turnover from what could be a tumultuous situation when you fire the manager unexpectedly, if they can find that guy, if Sh- if Skip Schumacher is that guy, and maybe they believe that he is, then I think he could be the next manager of the team. Absolutely. One thing that's interesting, the timing of yesterday's announcement. They announced it on the day of a winner-take-all postseason game between the Giants and the Dodgers. They had to get special permission from MLB to do that. They said, John Mazalak said, well, the reasoning behind that was, we knew our decision was final, so why string along Mike Sheldon any further, give him the news, and then therefore the opportunity to perhaps pursue other p- positions, other openings throughout the game as the month of October unfolds, and then you get into November when a lot of that moving and shaking takes place. They said that was the reason they wanted to do it for Mike's benefit. It's totally possible. However, there could have been an ancillary benefit to that if they're interested in hiring Skip Schumacher, Skip Schumacher viewed as a, a he's an associate manager with the Padres. The Padres have fired their manager. Okay, that whole coaching staff now has the freedom to look elsewhere. Is Skip Schumacher potentially a candidate for the San Diego job? Maybe if they like him enough, that could be. Could he be a candidate for other openings? The Mets hiring a manager potentially. The Yankees if they fire Aaron Boone. Like if he if if you've got a guy that's viewed as a potential candidate throughout the game in baseball circles, like yes, this guy's going to be a big league manager, and a lot of teams think he could be. That guy right now, and maybe they make a run at him. If that's the way the Cardinals are viewing this, and they're thinking, no, we want we want Skip Schumacher to consider this job, the job's got to be open. And so they might have said, listen, they might have been fine with Mike Schilt. You go for three years, and you go to the postseason every year, and things, though there is some some turmoil at times, things are going well overall. You might say, we like this guy as a manager. We think this guy's okay, but we're seeing develop on the horizon a candidate who we think is even better. And so rather than waste another year on a guy with an expiring contract and maybe missed out on our guy, we're going to we're gonna make this move now. And maybe they didn't explain it in the best ways, and maybe they the explanation that Moselak gave yesterday made it seem like there was more under the surface than there really was. Maybe there wasn't a whole lot. That's not the viewpoint I take. I think there was some there, and maybe it'll come out eventually. But you could see a world in which... Maybe it wasn't as much about Mike Schilt as it was, they've got a great idea who they want to hire and who they want to install in that position, and they just feel he could be better for the role long-term than Mike Schilt. So if that's the case, time will tell. Like, if it's Skip Schumacher, if it's Carlos Beltran, like, that's a guy that was viewed very, very highly in high regard for managerial position before... The the hacking, not the hacking, but the uh, sign stealing stuff with the Astros took place, and it was revealed that Beltron was as a as a player, one of the ringleaders of that sign stealing situation, and so he lost his job. He was hired as the manager of the Mets, if you recall, lost the gig, and so now has enough time passed that you could say, it's it's the time is right for Carlos Beltron to get a, get a gig with all the high profile openings that are that are coming about this offseason. I think the answer might be yes, and so if the Cardinals feel that way about Carlos Beltran maybe that's the direction they want to go I am of the opinion this is just my speculation but based on what I'm seeing I think the Cardinals already know who they intend to hire I think they I don't think it's a candidate list I think they know the person that's circled in Sharpie the top of their list who they want to bring in that might be a guy already on staff that might be a guy that's external I think the Cardinals already know who they want and maybe they don't get that guy and they feel really, really good about their number two option. That's a possibility as well. But I think the Cardinals already know the direction generally that they want to take with this. That kind of explains a little bit more of the sudden nature of the firing in the announcement yesterday. Now, I think the Cardinals did Mike Schultz dirty. I think the fact that they did this over a phone call is not—it's not classy. It's not representative, I think, of what the St. Louis Cardinals should be. I don't think that's good personable people skills by the front office. I think they did that wrong. I have no problem saying that. I'm not saying that it can't be a positive move in the long run for the Cardinals if they if they make a slam dunk higher and they synchronize what they want on the field with what they've got going on upstairs and what they've got going on upstairs proves to be positive. That's totally possible. I think this could, this could be something that sets the Cardinals off in a new direction but a positive direction. A lot of things would have to happen for that to take place. They still need to, I think, add to the roster this offseason in a major way. People wondered, well, is Mike Schilt asking for players that the front, you know, spend? Go go, give me some guys that the Dodgers have, that the Giants have, that these postseason teams, they have what we don't. Go get me that. And maybe that's what got Mike Schilt canned. Some people believe that. I don't think it's as simple as that. I don't think it's as black and white as that. As he crossed Mosellock publicly and asking for something throughout the season that he didn't have and, and Mosellock got tired of it. I don't think it's that. I think it is potentially something that came up and boiled over within those meetings in the last week that the Cardinals just realized, oh, we're, we, we aren't on the page we thought we were on with this guy. And we also see on the horizon a, an opportunity to take to, to hire a guy that we do think would fit the mold of what we're looking for. And so it might be ugly. It might be an ugly press conference. We might not be able to give a lot of details because it's just not appropriate to do so in our opinion at this time. But we think in the long run this will be forgotten because when we make the hire and when we, we we put the product on the field that we believe we're going to have in the future seasons, that it's going to be better for the direction of the organization. That I, That's possible. I could see that being the way this plays out. I could also see the Cardinals don't end up making the additions. You know, They hire the guy they want. The manager is fine. But the manager only has so much impact on the organization and on the, the, the wins and losses. And so you may end up with a situation that, okay, you've got your guy Mo, you've gotten another opportunity to hire your guy. You've hired Matheny, didn't work. You've hired Schilt, didn't work, and now you've hired this new guy. And surely by now, this is what you this is what you want. You can't, I, how many times can they allow a guy to cycle through hires and say, oh no, this isn't the right one, but we can just pick another one and have it be okay? Maybe infinitely. If you're Bill DeWitt and you just have unending trust in John Mozeliak, maybe that is the way he feels. As I said, I don't think John Lozalek's job is ever going to be in jeopardy. However, if they go this route and they hire the manager and they have a, an off season where people are saying, I don't know about these moves, but we'll see if it plays out on the field, and then the Cardinals underachieve next year and the year after that, at some point, the criticism is not going to be on the coaching staff. It's not going to be on the manager. It's not going to be on even the players. It's going to be on the guy that orchestrated the entire thing. And so what I think is going to happen here is Mosaic's got free reign to do what he believes is best. And that hypothesis of whether what he believes is best truly is best is going to be put to the test on the field in 2022 It's going to be put to the test even sooner than that this offseason when he makes the moves that can tweak a talented roster to try to propel them toward a championship. Because they're looking at a managerial hire not for 2022 he said it wasn't about that it wasn't about wins and losses on the field it's bigger picture it's long-term direction of the organization okay but coinciding with that you have a, a team in a roster next year with two franchise icons potentially on their last years of their career adam wainwright yadier molina you cannot go into 2022 with expectations other than we're going to try to win a world series and you have to make the moves in the offseason that legitimately put you in a position to do that. If you don't, I think that any criticism of John Moselech at that point externally will be more than fair being skeptical of, is this the right direction? I think that will be more than fair from the outside. I think in this, in making this decision in John Moselech telling Bill DeWitt, Hey, I know we like Mike Schultz. I know Mike schultz has been a member of this organization since 2004. I know he's valued and loyal. However, I need you to trust me that this isn't the guy, and we got to go get the guy. And Bill DeWitt says, yes, absolutely. I trust, I trust in your vision for this franchise. So John Moselock has the keys to the car, and he's trying to install from top to bottom what he believes is right and and appropriate to succeed for the St. Louis Cardinals organization moving forward, he's been given the reign to do that, and now it's it's going to be let the chips fall where they may. And I think from the outside, it's not going to be oh Jeff Albert, you know the next year if the Cardinals aren't hitting, it's like oh why isn't the hitting coach doing doing his job? Whatever, whatever. At the end of the day, I think you have to look and say all right, John Moselec, this is what this is your vision. Can the Cardinals execute it as an organization to get back to where they want to be? Which, again, I don't think you can look at the last three years and say this is a downturn for the Cardinals. They've made the postseason every year. They were in the NLCS. They didn't fare well when they got there. And I think you can look at each of the three postseason exits the last three years and say there were teams better than them. There were teams that were better built than them. But the building is not done by the manager. It's done by the the front office. And so they're getting every opportunity now to build this organization the way they want. And I am fascinated to see where it goes from here. Not from a critical perspective, not from a, you know, going to hold John Moselleck's feet to the fire. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's going to be fascinating because you can look at the writing and and you can look at everything that's been laid out on the table and say, this is the way that the Cardinals are wanting to approach this. With John Moselleck at the helm, and he's got absolute power. And he's a very smart man. So there is a great possibility that he figures this out and he finally does the tinkering and tweaking that he wants to install and it works brilliantly. That's totally possible. But when you go out on this limb and say, we're going to fire the guy that's done a very fine job and had accolades and this was a shocking move to a lot lot of people in the baseball community. If you do that, you're now the guy. You are the face of this. He already was the face of it, but it's become even more clear, I think, with this move that John Mozeliak's ship is going in whatever direction John Mozeliak believes it should go. He is the St. Louis Cardinals, and now they've got to they've got to come up with the hire and and the the the, uh, the personnel on the field to make this happen. So I'm fascinated. I think it's really interesting. I feel for Mike Schilt. I don't think that the way this went down was was the way it ought to have gone down, but. In a couple of days and weeks, and when they've hired a new manager by mid-November, Moselleck said they want to move quick on this. So within the next three, four weeks, I think you do have the identity of that manager. Probably right after the World Series it gets announced. And maybe before that. If it's Skip Schumacher, they could announce it before the World Series is over, I I, I, I would think. MLB might be kind of tired of that. Like, hey, don't hijack our thing. Wait, wait a minute. But I think that agreement could already be in place within the next couple of weeks, if that's who they want to hire. And if they want to go with somebody internally, they could absolutely... Go that route and that could be apparent not very far in the distant future here so it's interesting we're gonna have a whole hell of a lot to talk about this offseason I appreciate you guys for sticking with b Shape daily I recognize that in the offseason it hasn't been daily haven't done a, done a show didn't do a wild card breakdown I was out of town over the weekend after the wild card game and just didn't have an in me to be honest with you but this has kind of rejuvenated the interest of Hey, I know the last season's over and it didn't end the way you wanted it to, but there is a lot of compelling things going on now in Cardinals baseball. I hope you'll join me going forward on b Shafe Daily. Following me at B-Shape 12 on Twitter. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so. This is a great time to do it because we're talking about a managerial search. There's going to be news and nuggets throughout the offseason. It's going to be, there's going to be a lot to get to, as my buddy Chris Gardner would say. So, Subscribe, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts, you can find B-Shape Daily. Appreciate you all for doing so in advance. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you next time on B-Shape Daily. Peace.